Battles with Temptation on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And today, I am excited to have with me uh, Lance Quinn. Lance is one of our board members here at ACBC. Many of you are familiar with Lance and his ministry, pastoral ministry, and his ministry to ACBC uh, throughout the years. He serves faithfully. I love this brother. He's so helpful to me in my role here as executive director. Uh, a little bit about Lance, and he prepared for vocational ministry at several different institutions. He holds a Master of Divinity degree, Master of Theology degree, Doctor of Ministry degrees, well-educated man from the Master's Seminary in Los Angeles, California. He's also received a, a doctorate degree from the Evangelical Theological Faculty in Leuven, Belgium. Lance uh, has been in ministry for 35 years, over 20 of those as senior pastor, most recently at Bethany Bible in Thousand Oaks, California. Lance and his late wife, Beth, have eight adult children and a growing number of grandchildren. What blessings, Lance. Man, it's so great to have you here on the podcast to talk about this particular subject, uh, which is so needed. So thank you, brother, for joining us. Great to be here with you, Dale. Lance, you delivered not long ago at our annual conference, which this year we had to to do uh, in a digital format. And in your plenary session at our annual conference, uh, talking about this particular issue of temptations from James chapter one, you spoke about the fact that the Greek word in the biblical text in, in the context of James 1 that's often translated test, temptation, or trial uh, is actually the same word. What then is the theological and practical difference between this idea of a test from God or a temptation from Satan, given that it's the same word that's used both for positive, helpful test from God himself versus a negative type of destructive temptation from Satan? Well, that's a great question. This particular first chapter of the letter to James or letter from James, our Lord Jesus' brother, is a very, very important biblical passage for, for counselors and obviously even for just Christians in general. You and I might be familiar with the first you know, couple of verses in James 1, beginning in verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, the word there for trials, as you mentioned, Dale, is actually a word that is used in a negative context in this chapter for temptations, but it's the same Greek word. So in a positive context, like here in verses 2, 3, and 4, it's talking about trials because all Christians go through trials. And the one who brings such trials is God himself. We know that because verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So when God brings trials, and he does, he tests Christians in order to bolster their faith, to bring steadfastness, to bring endurance, maybe your translation. So the idea of trials comes from God to mature us, to make us steadfast, to give us a bolstered faith so that we might grow into the likeness of Christ. But if you go down in James chapter 1 to particularly, say, verse 13, you have a very different word in our English translation. I'm using the English Standard Version. 
But it's the same Greek word, parasmos. In verse 13, it says, let no one say when he is tempted. Well, that's the same word as trials. Uh So immediately what we're hearing is a different context. And in this context, you're talking about someone who is battling sin in their heart. How do we know that? Well, it says in verse 14, each person is tempted, there's that word again, when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And then this desire that he's talking about, when it has conceived, verse 15, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So two different contexts, the first being positive, the next being negative, but it's the same Greek word, parasmos. So when God is bringing such a trial, he never solicits us to do evil. Mm-hmm. When it's in a negative context, that same word is, in a sense, transformed into a very negative one so that it ceases to be just a trial, but it's a temptation. And here in James 1, it actually doesn't mention Satan, at least by name, you know, Satan leading you to be tempted into sin. It actually says when we're tempted, we are led or lured or enticed by our own desire, which of course means I don't need Satan to to be a sinner. Right. Now, he does attempt in other contexts, even in James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But here it's talking about the Christian who is tempted by his own desire. And when that word is used, parasmos, it does mean tempt and not just trial Mm -hmm. because it's coming from a source. In this case, the source is my own remaining sin, Mm -hmm. sin of my heart. So a very interesting chapter, one positive, one negative. And the positive is that you and I are being led by God to be tested. That word tested in uh, verses two and three is the word Dokimos, and it means to be approved or to be tested or to be refined in the fire so that all of the dross, the impurities, my remaining sin is burned away so that I can look just like my Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is a very, very, very important text for for counselors. Mm -hmm. And if I were to use this in in a counseling context, I I would explain what I've just said but I would make sure Christians understand who need to be counseled, want to be counseled, that it is our desire that sometimes is our own worst enemy. Well, you, you make several interesting points. I wish we could go back and, and talk through some of that. But as, you, as we think about the testing and the trial, you, you make an interesting distinction about what it produces. Does it produce something that's, that's healthy in relation to God, that's righteous and good in us? Or does it produce something that's, that's evil according to our own desire? So when the biblical writer who you mention is actually uh, James, the brother of our Lord, when he speaks in verses 1 through 5, about this testing of the Christian's faith and what it produces as over against that, that idea of doubting, the doubting of the believer and what it produces. How can a biblical counselor practically use this passage in James chapter 1 to encourage both the one trusting God in the, in the midst of their trial as over and against the doubting believer whose instability is wreaking havoc in his or her spiritual life? Well, great question. I think as a counselor, here's the way I would approach that. If you are determining as you're sitting across from someone or you're discipling someone and and you've both got your Bible open to James chapter one, if it's positive, if it's coming uh, to a believer who is grieved over their sin, they're 
desiring to grow spiritually. They're very sincere. I would take them to that James 1, 2 through 4. I would explain what we've just said in your first question. And then I would go to verses 5 and 6, which says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him, verse 6, ask in faith with no doubting. So what I would do is I would say to that person who's earnestly wanting to deal with their sin, they've got a counseling issue, they've got a sin problem, whatever problem it may be, and I would encourage them that they can avail themselves. This is why the Bible is so practical for us. They would avail themselves of two things, wisdom and faith. The wisdom that they don't possess in order to deal with their trials, and that wisdom comes from God. So what do you do? You, you pray and you ask God for wisdom. Now, I don't think when you ask God for wisdom, he's going to give you something out of the sky, as it were. He's going to illumine your mind about passages of Scripture that you've read, that you've, you've learned, perhaps even as a child, uh, from the sermons that your preacher may give you, uh, your own Bible study, uh, a friend's encouragement, uh, giving you Bible verses that you can use in your own life. However the vehicle of that wisdom comes, it's you asking God for it, and he brings, I like to say, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God to you. And when you have that kind of wisdom, you will be directed to pursue this trial so that it produces in you an endurance in your Christian life. And you do it without doubting. You do that by asking God for an increased faith. So right there, practically in verses 5 and 6, you're being told what are the, the tools that you have at your disposal. Wisdom from God and faith that allows you, instead of doubting, to grow faith like a muscle, increasing the strength of your understanding of what this trial is, and it ultimately produces for you a kind of endurance. Now, when you turn it over in James 1, 13 to 16, to the negative issues of someone having a desire for sin, mm -hmm. and then that sin, according to verse 14, is a sin that you've been lured and enticed into doing, which means that you have other forces at work. Mm -hmm. Your remaining sin in your heart that you have to, to, to deal with like a spiritual battle like no other, and you also have Satan and his minions, his, his devils who are fighting against you at every turn, and then, of course, you have just the allurements of the world. Mm -hmm. So do you see the, the, the opposites here? Yep. So for me, the idea is taking your, your counselee, your disciple, and showing them the, the two ends of James 1, as it were. Mm -hmm. You show them the positive, you show them the steadfastness, the endurance, the wisdom, the faith, and then you show them the back end. And the back end is when you're tempted, it is because you are lured and enticed by your own desires. So then you start talking to them about their motives, their mm -hmm. desires, their will, uh, those, those things that are leading them into sin. Mm -hmm. And when they are aware of their motives, then you can begin to take them back to James 1 two through four, and you can show them how the positive can overcome the negative.
Man, that's so helpful. And I, I'm even thinking about this for our counselors, that uh, this is how the wisdom of God should be the backdrop of how we see people's lives is, you know, when, when an event is happening in their life, it, it's not so much the event in and of itself. It, it, God is really helping us to understand it's how people respond. I've always thought about that question that's asked, if any of you lacks wisdom, that, that trial reveals something about us in our lack of the wisdom of God. And then, as you mentioned, toward the end, we see the negative when in James 1, 14, 15, 16, he speaks about this progression of temptation into sin. And this is an important idea that we as counselors need to, to understand or, or pastors, as you think about engaging with people, this idea that, that we are lured and then enticed to consider, to contemplate sinning, to responding, not according to the wisdom of God, but according to the wisdom of man or our own desires, then our desire leads to sin and then sin to death, this type of progression. How does a person counsel um, someone else to prevent them from being on this slippery slope of progression of sin to death? Well, I think the first thing is what verse 16 says, and that is, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Mm. Understand this, sin is real, Satan is real, the world and its allurements are real. What are you putting into your mind? Mm -hmm. What are you saying as you coach yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you place God's word in your mind and heart so as to battle these forces of evil, including even the remaining sin of your heart? Mm -hmm. And if in fact you are entertaining the subject matter of the world, uh, what do you listen to? Mm -hmm. Who do you listen to? How much do you ingest God's word as over against how much you ingest the world's goods, mm -hmm. the world's philosophy of how to live life? Mm -hmm. And so I would begin to ask someone that you're discipling, counseling, uh, tell me how much time you spend in God's word daily mm -hmm. versus how much time you spend uh, with social media or television or some form of, of what you put through your eyes or your ears in terms of what your mind is apprehending. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you will inevitably find, I think, a kind of um, temptation that has been grown in the soil of worldliness, of satanic enterprise, mm -hmm. and a person's own lustful desires. Mm -hmm. And if you can choke that off, if you can uh, put the the, the good kind of pesticide of, of God's word mm -hmm. to choke out the worries, the, the strategies, the philosophies, and the temptations of the world, mm -hmm. you'll be a lot further along in accessing the wisdom of God through faith in Christ than you ever thought possible. And you're going to be even then more greatly victorious as you see a growth in grace mm -hmm. and a precipitous fall from those things that once fell you in your sinful temptations. You know, this is the important work that the Lord has called us to do in counseling. Uh, when we minister the word that, that we can help someone to see when they're on this progression and to warn them, I, as you were thinking, I could not help, but um, the word of the Lord coming to me from Colossians chapter three, that we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And that be, again, the backdrop by which we see the world. 
that way when trials come, we, we respond according to what's in our heart and, and what we desire. We desire the word of the Lord. And it's easy for all of us, right, to, to start hearing the noise and the, the ideas that come from the world and we get swept away by in our, in our desires. So, Lance, this is so helpful as we think about battling temptations and spiritual warfare. And again, I want to recommend to you the resource of his plenary session from our recent annual conference that we provided digitally for you. Lance, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for giving us this insight. I think this is rich, practical wisdom that counselors can employ in the counseling room even tomorrow. So thank you, brother. You're welcome. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, we have opportunity to answer questions here on the Truth and Love podcast, and nothing delights us more than to make sure that we're answering questions that are relevant to where many of our listeners are. Can I encourage you that if you have a question or would like to get a question answered on the Truth and Love podcast about some sort of counseling case or a biblical answer to a life situation that you're dealing with or just some sort of question that you have about counseling in general, how do I deal with this issue from the scriptures? Can we make ourselves a resource to you? Would you ask that question to us? And you can send that question to info at biblicalcounseling.com.